Hi, I'm Edgar Brown, CEO of FIT, and welcome to The Process. At FIT, we believe in empowerment through fitness because your health is truly your greatest asset. Each episode will bring you conversations from expert trainers and personalities who share their own fitness journeys and how they were able to grow in the four pillars of health, being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. We really want you, the audience, to learn from the stories of these individuals and in doing so, create your own process for becoming a better you. Today on The Process, we invited Alessia Scazzillo to our offices to share her story. Alessia brands herself with the hashtag finance to fitness, pursuing a career in finance, achieving her CPA license and working in capital markets at RBC. At the same time, she's been balancing this with her passion for fitness, making the key decision to pivot her life and to allow fitness to take on a bigger role. After having received her personal trainer certification with CanFit Pro, she works in her finance position by day while pursuing fitness by teaching classes on nights and weekends. Talk about a hustle. So Alessia, we're really excited to have you here and intrigued about your journey and what keeps you motivated. I'm super happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. That was a great intro. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so just to start off with, uh, we know that you have a pretty significant background in finance uh, and graduated from McGill with a BCom um, in that same domain. So congratulations on that. Um, Can you just talk about why you chose finance initially and kind of just your your journey from there onwards? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So like you said, I went to McGill University. I graduated with my BCom there. I actually graduated first in my class, which was pretty cool. Yeah. I was a nerd. Um, well, I, I, no, I would say I worked hard and I played hard too. Um, so, and, and that was really a function of my, everyone in my family has been in business and it's really what I've known. So my dad is a CA, CPA, CA, they say now. Um, and I would work for him at his business in the summers for many years, I want to say five or six years. And so that was really what I was exposed to. I love numbers and I, I always thought the work that I did at his office was super interesting. And so when it came time to decide what I wanted to do, it was like there was no no other real option. I jumped right into that. And funnily enough, my brother is now, he just graduated at Queen's University and he's also pursuing his CA designation. So clearly in my family, we don't stray far. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So full family. And then, so from there, yeah. um, what, what happened after the BCom? Yeah. I can walk you through kind of my background, yeah, so I graduated, I actually majored in accounting um, at school, um, and when I finished school, I started work at PwC, or PricewaterhouseCoopers, um, where in the first year I did my CA exams, and then I was there for three years total. I was in the capital markets group there, and I was focused on financial institutions, um, and I, I was actually, I was doing audit work, so I was in the audit group there. Um, auditing um, like sizable financial institutions, banks, insurance companies, etc. Um, and after three years, I thought the the experience I got was great because what's interesting about the CA firms is that there's a lot of young people, like straight out of the you know major universities. They all go work there. There's like a hundred of us that start together, so it's kind of like a continuation of school. 
I guess you could say. Um, so it was a great culture and a great environment, but the work was a little bit dull and the hours in audit, especially in busy season, it's very seasonal there. So your winters are super terrible. You've got all the reporting deadlines and then summers are a lot easier, but in busy season, the hours were crazy and I wasn't excited by the work. Um, but I knew I loved working with clients. And so when I was thinking about what I was going to do next, I really wanted to stay in that front office client facing world. And this opportunity at RBC came up in the mid-market corporate lending space, um, which is basically like lending money to companies to grow or make acquisitions, um, et cetera. And it was dealing with clients. It was working on teams. So I was still going to get that great culture that I loved, but doing something much more interesting and more tangible. So after three years at PwC, I made the leap to RBC um, in the mid-market corporate lending group. I was there for about four years, and then actually just one month ago, I started in a new role at RBC in the real estate finance role uh, or, or group. Um, so financing high-rise and low-rise um, residential developments across the GTA. Um, and that's where I find myself now. So it's been an interesting ride. I'm, it's, um, I've, you know, the finance world has been amazing in the training that I've gotten like the finance world is like a boot camp it's like there's no messing around like you are working your butt off if I'm allowed to swear <laughs> I don't know if that's swear. swearing <laughs> considered swearing but you're working your butt off day in day out and you're like what you're doing is very meaningful especially um at the bank like you are lending money to you know, companies, often entrepreneurs that started as smaller businesses that have grown quite significantly. And the money that you're lending them is like going to make or break like their careers and their company. So it's great in that sense. There is also, you know, it's 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 an interesting culture um, because it's also very serious and intense. Um, but I, I have learned a ton that I know I can take with me into the future. Yeah, there there are a few things that I, I would take away from that. One thing, as you said, is the, the intensity. I'm sure it's a super yeah. uh, kind of high-stress environment. Definitely. Um, and then, as you said, impact. Like, each each one of your decisions or everything that you do is having a tangible impact on another business or another client. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the, the last thing being the client-facing aspect. So I find it interesting how you started off further back and then moved closer and closer to, to people. And I think all of those aspects um, are related to, to, to your side hustle. But I'd love to know yeah. how exactly that came about. Because the typical person, let's say graduating um, yeah. McGill University or any one of these fields, they would say once they reach that point that you're at now, that they've made it and they're yeah. just going to continue <laughs> in that field rather than make the switch. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just interested about how that how that took place. No, absolutely. And you're right. Like a lot of people, I think, look at me and think like this person is nuts like they have you know a great role a great career at you know a solid company like what are you doing right and I'm and I'm not leaving that but there's certainly the, the something that I'm much more passionate about which is the fitness side so maybe I can go can I go way back yeah, and kind sure. of explain how I got into it so 
I was not an athletic kid at all. Like, I didn't really play sports. I, I mean, I, I mean, I guess some house league, but I wasn't like a, you know, on any real teams or competitive um, leagues or anything. What happened was my mom was actually super into fitness, um, and she worked out like five or six days a week. And um, she actually passed away in 2011. And I still, at this point, was not into fitness at all, but I saw my mom going all the time. And what happened was one year later, the studio that she used to go to almost daily um, held an event in her honor uh, with the proceeds benefiting you know, um, the hospital where she spent her, her last few days in her treatment. And that was a series of boot camp classes. And I was like so grateful that this studio was doing that because the owner of the studio got close to my mom. She always asked my mom to teach classes. Um, and so I went to support it. And I did a boot camp class and like nearly died. Like <laughs> I was so fatigued. I couldn't breathe. I was just beyond gassed. And it was so embarrassing personally, like not outwardly, but personally that I knew my mom would do this five or six days a week and I could barely make it through one class. Um, and so that's how I started really getting into fitness. And I would go to that studio a few nights a week while I was working at PwC. Um, and it first was a chore, um, but I very quickly learned to love it. Um, and so over the years, I've gotten more and more into it um, to the point where it's it was you know, during periods of my career that have been super tough, long hours, like my fitness would be the peak of my day. So, you know, I, at PwC, like during busy season, I would be working like nine till midnight sometimes. And if I could squeeze in a half an hour, 45 minutes in the morning or at night to work out, that was like, you know, my favorite part of the day. Um, and so actually when I was thinking about leaving PwC, I had started thinking about pursuing fitness, you know, being a fitness instructor. And I started looking at, um, like what qualifications I'd need, what certifications I could do. And then I thought, you know what, maybe I just want to do this because right now, because I'm kind of over my PwC job and I don't, you know, I, I shouldn't jump ship from finance just yet. Maybe I should like give finance like a true shot in another job. Maybe it's just the PwC job. And I sort of just dismissed my real like desire to become a fitness instructor um, just, just for the moment. And then after a few years at RBC, the same thought came back. And I realized that I don't think it's because of the job that I'm doing. I think it's because like I really love this thing. Like it... And I love helping people. I've always been someone who has, like, taught. So I was a TA at McGill. Um, I think I mentioned this to you offline, but um, I was a TA at McGill. I, I taught uh, tutorial sessions for tax, like the most boring subject. But um, And I tutored um, several people in high school. So I always was someone that was all about sharing knowledge. And I felt like in the fitness world, it can be so intimidating to outsiders who have never really tried it. But... I tried it and I wasn't great at it to start and I learned to love it and I've had so much fun doing it so why couldn't I share that with others? So it was last summer when I decided, you know what, this is something that I really can pursue, at least on the side. Like I wasn't, a lot of people ask me like, are you going to quit your job anytime soon? And the answer is no, like I'm not ready to pursue it full time. But I thought like, let me give this a shot. Like I think I can, I think that I 
you know, can stand in front of a class, lead a great, fun, and effective workout, and people will like it. Like, I might as well try. What do I have to lose? So that's how I kind of got into it. And then from there, I got certified. I practiced a ton, um, did a lot of prep, and then taught my first class early this year and haven't looked back. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Um, that, there's so many, so many aspects of that story that <laughs> yeah. I want to touch on. Yeah. Not sure where to go first. We can go every which direction. Yeah, yeah. you lead the way. Um, <laughs> okay, let's, let's start off with the beginning. Clearly, that was a, a traumatic event for you, which, yeah. which triggered um, kind of a recommitment to, to your own fitness goals. Yeah. I don't think I spoke to you at all about like my background in regards to, to fitness, but it, yeah. essentially in, in grade 11, um, I had a stress fracture in my spine oh, known wow. as a spondylolysis. Uh, so I was put in a like full body brace for three months. Oh I couldn't gosh. do any, any sort of exercise, any sort of physical activity. Um, and even like within classes, I would have to be stay essentially immobilized so I'd be like kneeling on a chair rather than sitting on a chair because you have to keep your back straight at all times in in order for it to heal uh but for me like the the process of coming back from that um has become essentially the the pillar or the foundation for for every other thing Mm -hmm. in my life and even as you say like fitness was the thing through the tough times in work that carried mm-hmm. you through it's been the same for me in terms of like playing basketball for mcgill uh or whenever even throughout this period of time after leaving the team because i left in uh, in october uh keeping me essentially sane and committed oh, yeah. was was the the fitness and grounding it so there's just so much that uh Absolutely. that i resonate on, on what you said and i would say too something i i sort of you know maybe glossed over was Um, when I was working out soon after my mom passed away, it was a way for me to feel very connected to her as well, right? Because she had gone to that studio. She loved working out so much. And so it was kind of like my way of connecting when I could no longer connect in person. And then then it kind of went from there. Um, Yeah, that it's wild what you know, either coming back from a serious injury or, you know, dealing with something traumatic, like what can come of it, right? Like sometimes something so amazing can come out of something so terrible that in the moment you think like, I'm never going to get through this. This is so brutal. And then you look back on it and you're like, you know what? Everything kind of happened for a reason. And this is the way that I was supposed to be living my life after. Exactly. Exactly. Definitely looking back. And that's the thing about events like that. They can really go either one or two ways. You can either... Uh, use that to to propel you into the next situation or you could kind of fall off and it's those those habits um at least definitely for me over the the past year or few years those those habits in terms of something like fitness or something like meditation or even just family and keeping keeping those those pillars there uh, where health is definitely one of those pillars that kind of keep you focused through those those periods totally totally agreed Okay, <laughs> I'm happy we got to speak about that. Um, what do you think are the biggest things that you've learned over your career in finance that now apply to to the fitness side and what you're doing now? 
Oh man, I've learned so much. It's 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 crazy to think about how applicable the skills that I've learned in finance are to my now fitness world. Um, I would say the, there's probably two most important ones. I mean, there's a million, but the most important ones. The first one is organization skills, no doubt. Um, in finance, like you have to be on it. You you are given a number of different tasks at any given time. There's so many competing priorities, and you have to figure out a way to get them done. I actually just thought of a third thing that I'll, I'll touch on. But being super organized, being on the ball, um, being prepared for every meeting, for every client meeting, internal meeting, all of those, you know, all of that all those aspects of organization have really helped in the fitness, in my fitness role. So um, I'm super prepared for every class that I teach. I actually, this is like so type A of me, but I have this massive Excel uh, spreadsheet with a bunch of different tabs that has every workout I've ever taught. I, yeah, I don't, I don't go on a limb. I don't just show up unprepared and wing it. I never do that. And I think finance has taught me how to always, like what you can control the most is how prepared you are. You can't really control how things are going in that moment. You never know what's going to happen. But I've, I've learned through my job in finance that control what you can um, because that's most of the way there. So, you know, then, and I, and I prepare workouts in chunks. I'll, I'll prepare like five at a time whenever I have like a spare couple of hours. And then before each class, I print it out and I bring it with me at the front of the class and I spend usually like 20 or so minutes reviewing it before class starts. So that level of organization, like, I mean, I could be wrong, but I haven't seen that like in, in a lot of fitness instructors. A friend of mine, um, Robin, who you've met, her mom's a fitness instructor, and she said that growing up there would just be millions of papers everywhere because people would like her mom would just jot down a couple notes for class and then like take that scrumpled piece of, piece of paper to class. And she was like, I just am so amazed at how like organized and regimented you are with that. And that 100% no doubt came from the finance world. The second thing that has really helped me um, in, from the finance world is my client-facing presentation skills. Um, so in my old role, I was there for about four years. Every time you did, you completed a deal, you had to present that deal um, in front of the entire group, which was about 150 people or so. And so, and I, over the course of four years, did like quite a few deals. So Every time I presented, I got more confident and more confident and more confident speaking to a large group of people. And now that means that I can go in front of a group of, you know, 30 people in a class and confidently be up there, um, you know, like leading the class. And, and what I've found with a lot of instructors are when people are starting in fitness, they're either, you know, real people, um, people, people, um, or they're really technical with the exercises. Um, and I found that no doubt being in front of a class of 30 people came easy to me because of my finance experience. What I really had to focus on when I was starting out and still do is that technical side, the exercises, the explanations, the setup, um, what goes well together, you know, the whole flow of class. That's the stuff that I really had to focus on, which brings me back to my first point, which is why I, I'm always super prepared because I knew that that was where I was going to have to work harder. Um, and then the last thing is, in finance, you get an amazing um, experience in learning how to problem solve. So whatever comes up, you just have to figure it out. Usually, like I'll, my first day at RBC, someone threw a, 
uh, confidential information memorandum, which is basically like, a, it's called a SIM. It's like a book of um, information on a company and just said, what do you think? And I was like, I have no idea what this person means. Like, what do you mean? What, what do I think? Like, I don't know. But that's one example of one of the many times where I've just had to sort of figure it out. And that really helped me in figuring out this entire fitness transition and where I'm at today. Like when I decided I was going to pursue fitness, I was like, all right, where do I start? Like I had no real idea about how I was actually going to do it. But, you know, all that experience in just problem solving and, and just learning as I go and figuring it out was super, super, super helpful. Yeah. So those three things, I mean, they're opposite. They're really industries in the opposite end of the spectrum, but um, the skills are definitely overlapping. So. Yeah, 100%. And I think all of those uh, aspects or definitely definitely organization really yeah. applies towards uh, achieving your, your health and fitness goals. Yeah. As you said, preparation is, is one thing that you can control. And the biggest thing I find for a lot of people trying to, to reach their fitness goals is they'll just try everything in different areas. So taking the, yeah. the papers example that you spoke about yeah. before, they'll take one thing from YouTube and one thing from Instagram yeah. and one thing from Google and then expect it to work. Yeah. Whereas if you come in with either a plan of you have an overall program, you have your diet covered, you have the individual workouts, and you just do yeah. that consistently, yeah. that's where you start to see a, a difference. Totally. I mean, consistency is key in, in everything, yeah. in fitness, in finance, in every industry. Like, my thing is rinse and repeat. So, you know, and I, I mean, pivot when you need to, but really it's all about practice, 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 practice consistently, rinse and repeat, whether, no matter what goal you're trying to meet, you know, as long as you are putting in the work and really, um, you know, putting in that effort and then pivoting when things maybe aren't going exactly to plan, like if you're on some sort of fitness plan and you're not, your goal is to lose weight and you're not, okay, pivot. But at the end of the day, it is really about consistent, clean eating and consistent fitness. Yeah. So I think that can be applied across the board. Definitely across the board. Yeah. Okay. Um, my next question would be, getting a little bit more into your your personal brand. So yeah. yes, you're doing both of these things at the same time, but you're also sharing that experience with other people. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say that you've hit a niche that most people mm -hmm. aren't speaking to. So the person who has uh, a full-time job along with a side hustle that they're committed to and the whole fitness side and, some, and that is, is something that they're working towards. So how would you describe your brand and what, what shape has that taken? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right that um, the more time that goes by, the more I realize that I have hit this niche of, look, my full-time career is, it's great, but I'm not fueled by it. I'm not passionate about it. So I'm going to pursue this side hustle. Great. That's how I, that's what I call it too. Um, that really gives, that lights that fire in me. Um, and at the same time, I'm trying to be, you know, a uh, healthy and social person. And like that, what I just described is so many people that I know and that I don't know, they're going through the same thing. Right. right? So, you know, you go, you go to high school, you go to university, you start your career. It seems like there's a, a very defined path 
for a lot of people. And then you get to your, I mean, I'm, I'm in my late 20s. So you get into your late 20s and I found you know, lots of people I've spoken to are experiencing this where you're like, wait a second, I can actually choose what to spend my time on. I don't need to spend my time on things that I actually don't really enjoy. Like you, you realize the world is kind of your oyster um, and that y- if there's something that you want to do, you absolutely can do it. So what I've tried to um, put forward via social media, via my whole personal brand, is you you absolutely can pursue these things that are outside of your full time career, and you can you can um, build this life for yourself while maintaining all other aspects of my life of your life. So um, what I call it on, on social media is kind of my finance to fitness posts. So I talk a lot about tips and tricks on how to do that. How do you manage your time? How do you, um, how do you even get started in an industry that you're passionate about, but know nothing about? How do you, um, you know, how do you approach people for help? What are, what are routines that you can implement into your life that can help you be, you know, more organized, all of these things. And the response has been like unbelievable. I think that's what people are really resonating um, with me on is that I am like, I'm a normal girl. I'm working a full-time job, but I'm doing all these other things. And so far it's going pretty well. And people are like, wow, like I want, how did you do that? Like, I want to do that. I just got a message from someone last night saying, I work full-time, but I'm super into fitness too. Like, how did you go about that? What certifications did you do? How did you find that you manage, you could manage your days? Um, And so that, you know, how I'll kind of wrap up here is if there's something that you're really passionate about, but you have a full-time career, you 100% can do it. You just have to be super diligent about it and really manage your time well to get there. Because if I can do it, like anyone else can, you just have to be really proactive about it. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And again, with the organization that we spoke about before, I'm sure that's something you apply to your time as well. So if for for the listeners, definitely, because I'm sure they would have questions on that. Mm -hmm. How do you best organize your time to be able to balance all of these different things? Totally great question. So I do something that I've always done, but I just found out recently in the last few months, there's a name for it. It's called time batching. Mm. So I will focus on one task at any given time for a significant amount of time. So I find a lot of people, they're really busy. They have a huge to-do list. They jump from there to there to there to there, doing all different tasks. And what happens when you try and do that is you, you almost get nothing done. So what I do is time batching. If I'm at work um, in my finance job from you know, all morning and all afternoon, I am zeroed in on my finance job. And I know that I have to get things done because otherwise it's going to bleed into my night, but I can't let it bleed into my night because I have to teach. So I'm very focused on that. If I have some spare time at, at my finance job, I'll dedicate like a couple of hours, only if I have like a, a legit chunk of time and I'll work work on making up workouts. So, and I'll always make up more than one workout at a time because again, I'm batching my time. I'm focusing in on one thing. That way I can get that done. My mind is in it already. So if I'm going to make one, I might as well make five. And then I'm prepared for, you know, several classes to come. And I think that that aspect of time batching is so critical in how I'm able to manage my time. 
Um, and, and it's really, really helped me make sure that I'm staying ahead of the game because I can't let myself fall back. I can't let it be Monday and I have to teach Monday night and I don't have a workout for Monday. Like that's just not going to work because something could come up in my finance job at any moment and I'll have to drop whatever I'm doing to prep for fitness and do that. And so I just have to be on top of it. And that time batching tool really helps me do that. I'll sit down for a week for, you know, four hours on a weekend and I'll quite honestly, write out like 10 Instagram posts. So my posts are are kind of sometimes lengthy, sometimes not, but the lengthy ones, I'll sit down for four hours and I'll write 10 of them on a weekend. Because if, like I said, like if if I was going to jump in and do it for 20 minutes on a Monday, I feel like it just wouldn't flow. Like once you're in that mind space, it's great to stay in it for a period of time. And the other thing I do to really help me manage everything is prioritize. Like what is absolutely critical to get me where I need to be? I've got to do that first. Um, and so my, you know, the finance and the fitness sides are sometimes are often competing priorities. Um, but I try and think about, okay, like what is the most important of all of that? Let me do that first. And then if I have a bit of spare time, I'll, I'll add in the other part, you know, in the middle, I make lists every day. I have a list, like I write down everything I'm going to do and then I number it based on priority and I don't move on to the next one until the top one's done. And that helps me manage my time a lot too. Yeah, no, those are all super, (laughs) really good, uh, uh, strategies and they're really related to some strategies that I've heard from Cal Newport, who's kind of an expert on productivity based things. And I find it interesting interesting that you kind of learned all of these things yourself yeah I don't know I don't know that name but I do I do listen to a lot of podcasts a lot of um um informational kind of audio things like that that I've I've heard some of these tips from so when I I heard I listened to a podcast that talked about time batching and in my head I'm like I've been doing this forever but I didn't know there was a name like great and the last thing I do is I live and breathe by my calendar too. So I'm everything that I do is booked. My um, all my personal workouts are booked. I do them in the morning. Um, all my meetings at my finance job are booked. Um, all my fitness classes, everything is booked. My prep time when I'm prepping for fitness, that's booked in my calendar. So that really helps with my time batching because I know if it's in my calendar for three or four hours, then that's what I'm focused on and nothing else. Social engagements too, like with when I'm with my friends or um, you know vacations, all that goes in the calendar because it helps me plan when I'm going to be able to prep for all my fitness classes and workouts. Etc. So okay. So you would say that your number one tool is the the calendar to keep everything organized, and you yeah. said the Excel also for like the the matching the workouts and everything. Yeah. Are there any other tools that you would recommend people use to to keep that level of organization? No, I think those are the, my top two. I mean, there there are others, but I find when you, when you try and implement too many things, then it doesn't work. So it's almost like I think it's better to pick one or two things that really work for you. Um, and stick to it. And the, my calendar and that Excel, um, that Excel has saved me. Because if I'm ever, you know, it, it helps me overall, but specifically if I'm ever in a pinch, I don't have time, I pull a workout from there, I'm ready to go in like five minutes. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, that's a ton of really uh, practical information yeah. that a lot of people would be able to apply right yeah. away. So thank you for that. Of course. Um, we're reaching the end of our time today, okay. but for all of the guests that come on, uh, we ask them one question. Okay. And it's really based on the, the principle of the company Fit, which is empowerment through personal fitness, mm-hmm. using that to essentially... Uh, apply to all areas of your life because as I mentioned before I believe that health in all aspects is the 
pillar, the, the foundation for everything else. So mm-hmm. my question for you would be, uh, what does empowerment mean to you? Oof. Hmm. I think for me, being empowered is like wanting to or doing something because you because you you want to do it and you know that doing it is going to improve your life in some way. So with fitness, you know, like is it tough to wake up early? Is it tough to push through a really hard workout? Yes, it is. But feeling em- empowered means like to me means you know that it's going to be tough, but you really dig deep and you you do it anyways because you know it's going to better your life. You know that it's going to energize you. You know that it, you're going to feel super strong the entire rest of the day. It's going to help you do day-to-day activities that you may not, not otherwise have been able to do. Climb up the stairs, walk to work, all that stuff. So, um, you know, feeling empowered is like, okay, you actually want and you want to you want to do it and you want to gather up all that energy because you know it's in your best interest. So, and I think... I think what you guys are doing with the app is really strong because people don't have a lot of time these days. Everyone is running around. Everyone has a million things on their to-do list. And time is our most precious resource. So the fact that you're taking away the commute that would have otherwise been necessary or the prep time that would have otherwise been necessary by going to the gym, by going to a class, by, you know, making that effort, you're making it so easy for people to do their workouts from wherever they are, feel empowered to do it because you can do it on your own time with your own schedule and then feel amazing after. And so you're, you're giving people that time back, which is, which is really empowering also. So I think what you guys are doing is awesome. Thank you. And we're super happy to have you on board. Thank you so much. I'm super happy to be a part of it, honestly. Great. So just to, to close off, yes. where can uh, where can everyone find you? What would be the best way to reach you? Absolutely. So on Instagram, I am at Alessia Sculpt. Um, lots of fitness tips and tricks. And more importantly, lots of finance to fitness tips and tricks. So um, on all those things that I talked about earlier on how to manage your time, how to get motivated, how to do it all and do it all successfully. There we go. So go check her out on Instagram. And thanks again for coming by. Thank you so much, Checker. We really enjoy bringing you these stories because at the end of the day, each person has a unique journey. And why not share that with the world? We could all stand to learn from one another because each individual path has lessons in it that we can take and apply to our own lives. The process is produced by Fit, a mobile streaming platform for in-home fitness classes. We thrive on giving people the ability to make one step towards their goals every day by taking on new challenges in their personal fitness journeys. We're excited to welcome you to the Fit family, so download our app on the App Store today. Thank you for listening and see you on the next episode of The Process.